Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Washington Capitals. We are joined again by Greg Young from Japers Rink, the SB Nation blog, about the Washington Capitals. Greg, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Um, so yeah, we were just talking before we got started here. Um, it's been a little bit since we last played the Caps, and apparently things are weird with Caps fans. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what's been going on in the Caps world over the last few weeks? Yeah, so I mean, I think the big thing with the Capitals lately has been, I think everyone's kind of frustrated with the power play right now. I mean, you look at the personnel that the Capitals have on it, you know, you have obviously Alex Ovechkin, who I will imagine we'll talk about later. Um, Nicholas Backstrom, John Carlson, who's probably going to win the Norris, uh, you know, Jakob Vrana and uh, TJ Ocean. You're like, wow, these are amazing players. Uh, but the, at the same time, the Capitals power play has been among the worst in the league since December. And uh, so I think there's a little bit of frustration with that. And I think there's always a little frustration too. I, I I'm just going to be honest as a capital fan, we're, we're pretty spoiled. Um, you know, like <laughs> you I think, think? <laughs> the, yeah, the adversity that we face compared to like other teams really, I mean, we've basically been in a safe playoff position since like October. So I, our, our, our kind of problems feel pale into comparison to, you know, I remember when the Capitals had been on the bubble before and it's not always the most fun place to be. Um, so I can, I can sympathize a little, but uh, with where you guys are right now. But uh, yeah, you know, it's definitely, uh, I think we're getting a, maybe a little on the spoiled end. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot of my job to job being relative, you know, as a blogger, but, uh, you know, it's kind of calming people down a little and saying, no, maybe we don't need to fire all of the assistant coaches on a president's <laughs> trophy team. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not blowing up the front office right now is the no. way to go. No, Just probably not. Probably not. Uh, no. Yeah. So you you mentioned Alex Ovechkin, and it's hard to ignore the fact that he seems to have, um, <laughs> you know, just decided that he's just going to go ahead he was and bored, and, right? You know, score, he's like, yeah, yeah no, I'm going to score. Yeah, he's like, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to start having a hat trick every game. <laughs> um, I don't feel every like other game. Every other game. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't feel like game. playing until I'm 50 to break the <laughs> scoring record. So I'm just going to kind of move it along a little bit here. Um, is there anything in particular about his game recently that has brought on this, even for him, outstanding offensive output? Or is it just like you said, he just decided that he's going to start scoring goals? Well, I mean, OK, here's the funny thing is that. I mean, we just talked about the Capitals' power play, right, and how it's not been very good. It really has genuinely has not been. Um, so you would think, oh, well, Alex Ovechkin, he is entirely dependent on the power play. And no, like, he has not been. And, you know, I think there's a couple of things I think that's going on, particularly recently. You know, I think that when your player, you know, I mean, yeah, like, he's ageless and tireless and all of that. But, I mean, he had a stretch where he had, I think it was like nine or ten days off. Uh, because he was suspended after the All-Star game, you know, which say what you will about that suspension. I think, honestly, that was he, he was fine with that. I, did, I didn't hear many objections from any of the Capitals. And so I think getting that kind of time off in the middle of the year, you know, that's that's a big deal. There is, you know, the game right before that massive break was that crazy game against the Islanders, you know, where we came back from a 4-1 lead. So, you know, that was one of his hat trick games. And so I think that, you know, you look at a lot of kind of, He's skating, I think, really well lately. And, uh, you know, he's, again, 34, so you're not expecting him to be, you know, Connor McDavid out there. But he's, I think, really kind of figured that part out. And, uh, you know, I think the other thing, and I'll just be honest here a little bit, is that 
I, I think the team really wants to get this 700 goals over with. You know, you look yeah. at them, There's there's been some empty net goals. I think there's a lot of pressure of, to other capitals, you know, to get the puck to Ovechkin, when, particularly when there's an empty net or something like that, you know. But I mean, at the same time, he's been amazing lately. And, uh, you know, I think that, yeah, like, I mean, he's skating really well, uh, you know, and doing this all without the power play, you know, really humming has been uh, pretty remarkable. Because imagine, you know, you would figure the Capitals have enough personnel to kind of figure out what's going on with the power play at some point, you would hope. So really imagine that, when you know, imagine him when that starts rolling. That's kind of a scary thought. Yeah, so hopefully uh, not this weekend. Maybe <laughs> yeah, he can hold well, off a little bit <laughs> on that. Um, yeah, so, well, I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it's kind of easy to look at the roster of the Capitals and just because the offense is so good, comparatively, the defense is not so great. Um, and I think kind of just kind of reading a bit on your site and some other sites this afternoon to get ready for this, it seems like one of the major complaints from fans and writers about how this team has played this season has been on the defense. Um Obviously, you have Carlson, who is outstanding, scoring a ton of points. But is there an issue defensively with the defense with the Capitals right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's tricky, right? Because I I think that there's it, it it's tricky because on one sense you have John Carlson, who I think is still your Norris favorite. You know, there's mm-hmm. been some talk about is Roman Yossi going to catch him? I I still think that's probably not going to happen. So, you know, I, I think that is, but it is fair, I think, on the other hand, that, you know, the Capitals have definitely, they give up their fair share of high danger chances. It's something they've kind of always done. And this year, they're not really getting Braden Holpe to make that save that they need him to. Uh, he's really struggled with something I'm sure we're going to talk about later a little bit. Uh, so I think that's been one thing. I think that I was really hoping that uh, Nick Jensen, I think, is kind of call out someone in particular that fans are frustrated with. I was really hoping that he was going to maybe take a step up this year. He's been playing a lot with Dmitry Orlov, who has looked very, very good and someone who I talk a lot about. Um, But I think he's one in particular. I think he's kind of struggled a little with the system. Um, Yeah. And the other thing is you look at the Capitals defensive depth and, you know, our third pair right now is Siegenthaler and Gudis, and uh, mm. they've been fine, but I don't think they're anything that's going to really set the world afire at this point. And so, you know, I think that, yeah, the defense hasn't been great, but again, we're talking about a team that's going to compete for the president's trophy. So I think it, there's also a little bit of kind of looking for a problem here too. Right. Yeah. You, you've always got to identify something bad about a hockey team or yes. you cannot be a hockey fan because yeah. we have to find negatives. It's what we do. Well, because um, I mean, sometimes like there's just going to be games you lose. Right. right. Because like yeah. maybe you play really well. And you don't get a bounce or two, you know, that or there's games like last night for us where, you know, we or where the Capitals, you know, played the Kings looked like garbage for basically two and a half periods. And then you know, Alex Ovechkin happens. <laughs> oh, you know, like right, some, yeah. it kind of goes both ways a little too. Cancels it all out. Yeah. <laughs> um, sticking with the back end a bit. Yeah. Um, I know recently Samsonov, I think, was injured, right? Yes. I'm not sure. Is that a he's, serious? He's injury? supposed to be fine, I think. Okay. The thought is he took. He took an Ovechkin uh, shot up high, which Mm. isn't what you want to do. I think the big thought, obviously, the team isn't going to say anything because, of course, they won't because it's hockey. But uh, I I think the thought was that uh, he was in concussion protocol and uh, he was skating today. So I think that's a good sign. So I don't I wouldn't anticipate a super long absence for uh, Samsonov unless I'm mistaken. So, okay, with him in then, um, it seems like there has been kind of 
you know, a little bit of a goalie controversy in that he's been playing better than Braden Holtby, but you kind of always assume that Braden Holtby is a starter for the Caps. Um, do you see Samsonov kind of taking over the number one spot? Do you see them rolling with a tandem heading into the playoffs? How do you think this is going to Yeah, so I think I think two things. I think one is that big picture was something we were all questioning going into the year. And I think actually the big picture question at this point is pretty simple, right? It's that, you know, I don't see a huge future for Braden Holpe as a capital. You know, there's he's going to command, I think, a lot of money, probably not as much as I think he would have hoped going into the year. But, you know, I think it's going to be beyond the capital's ability to afford, you know, a significant raise for Braden Holpe. So, you know, I think that that picture is clear that Samsonov, I think, is the goalie of the future. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens after that, you know, but a goalie on an ELC, I think, is always a good thing. So that's something you want. Um, Shorter term, I, I think that's kind of an interesting question. And as a capital fan, I'm really glad that we have another few months to kind of figure it out. I would be surprised if we, you know, really have a clear answer until the playoffs. I think that Reardon is pretty focused on going pretty timeshare-ish, you know, going pretty close to 50-50. If you look at the recent split of starts, it's been pretty close to that 50-50 mm-hmm. range. So I would expect, you know, the Capitals are in a good position to where I think they can kind of just let this play out a little bit and see where are we going into the playoffs? You know, every single capital fan is going to tell you, if you remember the year they won the cup, it was actually was not Braden Holpe that started in the playoffs that year, but instead Philip Grubauer. And you know, I think the Capitals are in that kind of luxury where you have two goalies that you, I think, are reasonably confident in going into the playoffs. And, you know, you look at kind of where the NHL is going with that, you know, the Bruins being the model here a little bit, the Stars too, you know, having two good goalies or two goalies that you can trust to win you a playoff game, I think is something that's going to be really important and something I think the Capitals are at least going to treasure this year. Yeah, it's a real good problem to have. Trying yes. to figure out which goalie you should start in the playoffs because both of them are playing so well. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, I mean, Hopi is at what? Like, an, I think a 900 right now. Like, he hasn't played mm-hmm. great by his expectations, but yeah. it, we're not talking about, you know, like a Aaron Dell Martin Jones situation. So, <laughs> you know, it's not like this is like a devastating problem. You know, it's it. I think it's just one of those things that we'll see how it kind of works out. So I'm going to ask you in a second to give me a player that, we should keep an eye on that we might not know about, but I want to ask you specifically um, just because I'm a Phantoms fan from way back and the Hershey bears have always been a big time rival in the AHL with the Phantoms. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think you guys just called up uh, Martin Fevere. I'm probably uh, yeah. butchering his Martin name. Martin uh, Fevari, I think. Or Fevari, I don't, yeah, I'm terrible with listen, that Listen, we're, we're doing yeah. our best here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go to elite prospects and listen to the guy say it in the recording. Yep. yep um, there you go. But yeah, he's a, a pretty good defensive prospect for you guys, right? Do you see him making a difference in the lineup in the NHL or do you just kind of see him rotating in and out or how's that going to work for you guys? Yeah. So I think that the one position the Capitals weirdly have a decent amount of depth in is defense. Um, you look at this year, for instance, Jonas Siegenthaler, although he was healthy scratched yesterday, uh, has kind of become a fixture in the lineup. He's actually, believe it or not, our top penalty killer this year in terms of ice time, which is something I would not have expected going into the year. So defense is kind of one of those positions where the Capitals have a decent amount of depth. You know, they've Lucas Johansson, who's looked pretty good, you know, and a couple other players uh, that, you know, have really kind of stepped up. Favari, I think, is interesting. So they called him up the first three games of the year, and he actually looked really good. Like, he was rocking, like, I think it was like a 65% plus shot share, you know, which obviously you would not expect him to keep that. But, you know, he looked 
not out of place in the NHL to the point where, you know, I think that there's been a lot of thought about, you know, is there a role for him? Um, you know, the one thing I would expect is I would be very surprised if the team re-signs Gudis. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you could look at Favari maybe kind of sliding into his role and seeing, you know, how that would work. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there is a future. He's someone that is more reliable than you would think. And I think one of the trickiest things with defensive prospects in particular is sometimes they just come up to the NHL, maybe aren't the most remarkable, but the game doesn't really seem to phase them. And, uh, you know, I think it's he's one of those players that really seem to kind of have that happen. And, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like the moment really is too big for him at this point. So, yeah, like I I don't think it's crazy to think that there could be a bit of a future for him with the Capitals. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be like a top four D or anything, but he's definitely a useful player for the Caps. Okay. Um, give me another guy who we might not know about that we should keep an eye on. Does Jakob Vrana count? Because I, I, I have it. I, I have know who Vrana's that count. is, Greg. We know What's who. <laughs> we, know, we know who that is. All right. Okay. Real quick though with Vrana because <laughs> okay, I think we're forgetting. Jakob Vrana has more even strength goals this year than Pasternak, Panarin, Kucherov, and Marchand. Like he's right. third right now in the NHL in even strength goals behind only Austin Matthews and Alex Ovechkin. So huh. he's. Very quietly had a, I wrote about this a, a month or two ago and he's cemented this. He's actually like, he's an elite forward at this point. Like, and he's one of those players that is really, I think, developing really before our eyes. He's one of the only first round picks the Capitals have forward wise real, in recent history that has really kind of come through and developed and he's been really good. So that would be one. Um, I don't know if I talked about Dimitri Orlov on this podcast specifically, but he's one that I think every Capitals analytics blogger is going to say is really important. Um, So Carlson is the guy that's going to have all the points, but defensively he's okay, but not great. Uh, He kind of gives up a lot of chances to the point where, you know, I think if you look at Dom and some of the other analytics people, they've kind of critiqued his Norris case because he is kind of porous defensively. And Orlov is kind of the opposite in a way, you know, he's, a very smooth and good skater, but he's going to get some of the biggest and most important minutes that the Capitals have. And uh, he's someone that's you know, really rocking. I think he's like a 55% shot share, goal share guy, really is playing well. And uh, that's someone who I would kind of keep an eye out because whenever he's on the ice, he's kind of attract, he's kind of attracting the team's, uh, you know, the toughest defensive matchups. And he's really doing well in them. So that's kind of a guy that Maybe a little more under the radar, but someone we really enjoyed. And uh, another guy I'll kind of give a shout out forward wise is uh, I'll go a little unusual here. But whenever Brendan Leipzig is on the ice, you notice that he's there. Like he's annoying. He's small. (laughs) He's kind of a pest. And, uh, you know, there's the Capitals right now. Their fourth line is actually maybe one of the best in hockey, which was not something I was expecting going into the year. But uh, that's been one, and Brendan Leipzig and uh, Nick Dowd have kind of been the anchors there, and it's someone, a couple of players definitely also to keep an eye on. Okay. So yeah. what would you, so, okay, I think I might have asked you this before, but I like this question, so I'm going to ask you it again. Um, if you were pre-scouting the Caps for the Flyers and you were giving Elaine Vigneault a key to beating this team, what would be the thing that you would say that the Flyers need to do to win this game? So, okay, a couple of things. First off, the, the Capitals' power play. Uh, I think we talked about this before, but I, I, and I think a lot of teams have started to really figure this out, which is you need to pressure the puck handler, and you really need to be aggressive in the neutral zone with the zone entries. So 
The Capitals have kind of made a couple of adjustments in terms of personnel, but they are not a power play with a ton of speed. They really are not. You know, you have Backstrom who's slowing down, Ovechkin who's not the fastest, Carlson's not the fastest, and Oshie isn't either. So, you know, they're a team that I think has really struggled to get into the neutral zone with speed, particularly with their, um, you know, with their power play unit. So I think just pressuring the puck handler throughout and really denying the passes to the slot and with Ovechkin, you know, are are going to be keys. And I think teams are doing that. So, you know, I think it's going to be, I would keep that up because I think that as lo- until the Capitals change their power play personnel and strategy, that's going to be, I think, the way to go forward with them. And in terms of at even strength, um, so one of the things that's kind of unusual of the Capitals this year, and I think... Um, there's, I know there's a couple of articles in The Athletic about this, is they're actually a lot of their shot share is being driven by the third and fourth lines. Uh, mm. You look at, again, I, I talked about it earlier, but the Capitals' fourth line, I think it's like 55 plus in terms of shot and goal share, which is just bizarre. But I think that that's, those are, so I wouldn't sleep on those lines because I think a lot of times te- teams just focus on Ovechkin and focus yeah. on, you know, Vrana a little bit and focus on Carlson. And, you know, they're those are getting, you know, the matchups like that's going to probably be who Provorov plays against, for instance, but the, and Couturier. But, you know, I think that I would not sleep on the third and fourth lines because a lot of their shot and goal differential and really more than you would think is being driven by those lines. So I think that, you know, a team is probably behooven to you know, think about how they want to defend those lines. And uh, really, I think getting out of the zone in particular against the fourth line is going to be something that's important and something I would kind of look to because those lines can kind of surprise you. Okay. That's yeah. excellent information. Thank you for that. No that's problem. a really good answer. <laughs> in, your, in your memo to uh, Elaine Vigneault, uh, you know, just make sure you give me credit. <laughs> I mean, Elaine Vigneault obviously listens to the show. So yes, obviously. I'll send him this podcast before. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah. Just, just like, just like Todd Reardon definitely listens to uh, oh. the James Drink Radio, obviously. A- absolutely. Why wouldn't yeah. he listen? Although, actually, I have heard that a couple of players sometimes will listen, which is like very exciting for me. So yeah, it's it's super cool, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No players okay. listen to these things. Trust me when I say that. Like, you talk to like yeah. other beer writers and stuff. Players listen to more of this stuff than they will admit. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. read your stuff too. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Watch what you say. <laughs> that was, that was actually funny because I wrote an article about um, one of the first ever articles I wrote for the Japers rank was uh, about Dmitry Yaskin, a fourth line player. And I said, he's someone that like really is good. And actually in the KHL, he has been really good. And uh, commenters, I think were saying I was like his agent or something. <laughs> um, so that was that, that kind of ruled, but also was kind of strange, you know, and it was kind of my welcome to the big time a little moment. Yeah. Big time as being a hockey analytics blogger can really be. Although I will say this, we're having a conference. I'm going to it. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually live in Columbus. I am going to that analytics conference. So uh, yeah. I hope you have a good time. Yeah, it should be fun. should be fun. We're doing actually, not to promote my own podcast too much here, but uh, we're doing uh, a show with Allison L. uh, Afterwards. So I'm very excited about that. Awesome. She's amazing. So that'll be great. Yeah, I'm really excited. Okay, final thing. Just like last time, yeah. give me a prediction for the final score of the game. All right. So I think I had the Capitals winning like 3-2 in overtime in the first one. Um, and I think actually we won like 2-1. So I, I, I was too close. Far off. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was in the all heart. And I actually do think it was an overtime or a shootout. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, obviously I'm predictive genius. That's that's the way this goes. Um, I would say, um, let's see. So Capitals are playing at home, right, if I remember correctly. Um. I think you guys are on the bubble. You guys probably need this game, obviously, a lot more than the Capitals do. Uh, 
But then again, the Capitals get up for these games against the Flyers and against the Metro. So I don't know. Let's I'm going to split the baby. So I'll say that you guys win in overtime, but this is the game where Alex Ovechkin gets a 700th. Is that Ooh, fair? That, actually, I'm into that. I would love for him to get a 700th against the Flyers. That would be in a, in a Flyers win, right? That would be perfect for you. Yeah, per- absolutely perfect. So I'll yeah. go. Um, <laughs> just because the, the Flyers um, absolutely need to collect points against yes. Metro Division teams. And they've been pretty good on the road. Um, actually, no, they've been terrible on the road. What am I talking about? Um, but they've, <laughs> they're starting to turn around. So I'm going to say um, the Flyers are going to win three. How many goals does Ovechkin need to get to 700? Uh, only two. He needs two. Four two Flyers. There you two go. Two OB goals. He gets to 700. Everyone throws him a little party on the ice, and then we just go on and beat them. Oh, yeah. That's, well, here's the thing. Like, the low-key great part for you guys is if Ovechkin does get a 700th goal, like, I, I, you know, whatever, like, with the game. Like, that'll, I, yeah, I won't care. Right. <laughs> like, fine, the whole team know, is like, like, all right, well, we're, we're done here. Might as well yeah. pack it in. Yeah, might as well just, yeah, it's fine, you know. So, uh, <laughs> like, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe give us overtime because we could, uh, in, in very traditional NHL fashion, you know, like, the, the three-point game is kind of a nightmare, but... For you guys, it's not like we're in like similar spots in the division. So, you know, no, like that's you, true. us getting a point doesn't hurt you guys too much. No, not really. I still don't want you to, though. And I would say this, like, I think Flyers caps is like it definitely isn't. Uh, I think both of our main rivals would be Pittsburgh. Right. So yeah. it's not like this is like the like the top line rivalry, but like kind of low key. Like, you know, it seems like whenever our teams get together, just kind of crap happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Games are usually good. Yeah, they're, they're never... I will say this. I, 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 I say this with all, the utmost respect. Playing the Flyers is never boring. <laughs> I mean, at least there's that. Yes, there is. You will, you will always have that. All right, so we've got the Flyers at Washington, 7 p.m. Saturday. Greg, I hope you enjoyed the game, and thank you very much for hanging out with us. This was fantastic, as always. No problem, no problem. Uh, yeah, you can... Uh, Real quick, uh, you can find me on Greg Y underscore JR and uh, listen <laughs> to my podcast, Shapers Rink Radio. Uh, I already promoted. We're having one with uh, in, in, internal uh, internal guests uh, tomorrow we're going to record. And then uh, we're going to have Allison L next week. So we're really excited. Awesome. Yeah, check them out. Um, they do excellent work, just like all of our SB Nation podcasts. You should check them all out, especially yeah. if you want to learn a little bit about these teams that we're playing. So, Greg, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the game. I hope you enjoy the nerd conference. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be great yeah. yeah all right everybody enjoy I'm a the game lawyer. i appreciate nerds oh nerds, there you go so you're 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 perfectly set for a nerd conference that is your sweet spot i think yes, exactly. hockey exactly. and nerds yeah perfect <laughs> it, it'll it'll be a blast at minimum you know yeah like it'll it, it'll it will not be boring or at least yeah. i won't find it boring <laughs> it'll be good <laughs> all right greg thank you so much enjoy no the game have a good one